Woof. Woof. Stag in the middle with you. Crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> okay. Feasting. <laughs> okay. Um, I can't read my own. <laughs> it's kind of scribbled. Yeah, because anyway, I sure as oh, hell well. couldn't. Anyway. Um, I'm going to try not to be so much of a wiener this episode of the podcast. You weren't a wiener last episode. I thought it was a wiener last episode. You're, aren't you a wiener in every episode? <laughs> it probably is. A big ween. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to. No, you. you the podcast. The Snoopcast. It appears that last time we fixed our, I mean, I didn't, but Ethan fixed our audio recording <clears throat> situation issue. At least for the last episode. For the last episode. So yeah. fingers crossed it stays true for this episode. I um, think um, I think you might have been right where, because uh, then you say um, with the air conditioner mm-hmm. being on and then, because yeah, when that's on, I have to cut out all the background noise. Yeah, and maybe that cut out. I think so. It some probably was stuff. assuming that it was noise where it wasn't, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, to prep you guys, mm-hmm. I think this is probably one of the more researched, discussed episodes in recent history. Because for the most part, we usually just sit and talk. So we've done a little bit of a video watching and note taking, and we uh, watched one video video watching and note taking and yeah, video watching and uh a little bit of pre-discussion so yeah um but we can start with our pup date though yeah you wrote it down i don't have anything yeah so i guess this would be a two-week pup date yeah. but um that first weekend so not this past one but the last one uh i don't think we did anything like an event or anything because i I checked the calendar okay that was what i was gonna do that's the first thing i checked um but this past weekend yeah we went close to dc to a place called borden brew and i don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before but it's kind of like a cafe bar and you go in and they have almost a thousand board games that you can just kind of rent out and do almost like a netflix for board games for the day analogy thanks you're welcome um yeah so we went there uh had some coffees i had a latte thing mm-hmm. where they did the the leaf shape the tea leaf maybe it's, it's just a latte but they did fancy milk foam <laughs> milk, yeah that, that the, yeah. the foam art yeah which is magic to me yeah um, yeah is I'm a former sure. barista it's not that magical to me <laughs> don't ruin this <laughs> um <clears throat> oh those sirens I'm going to cut it out. That's okay. Um, And then I just got some Earl Grey tea. But we had that really bomb quesadilla with all the mushroom and the cheese. Yeah. Did that have any meat in it? Or is it just like a veggie thing? I think it was a total veg option. (laughs) Total veg. Total veg option. Um, So that's good. But yeah, the the game we decided on was Pandemic Iberia version. Mm -hmm. So it was like an alternate version of the classic Pandemic. I liked it. I thought it was fun. Yeah. We and perished. So if you huh. don't know Pandemic, um, it's a board game, obviously. But you try well, and research, but... I think, yeah, these four diseases. You research those, and once you do that, you win the game. Um, but it's a board full of cities, because usually you're on a continent or or a country. 
and these cities get populated with disease tokens or disease squares and then every turn they might get infected even more and then an outbreak occurs which infects other cities kind of like risk and chess yeah. and like having to plan three yeah. moves because it's, it's really... a co-op game and you have to kind of you you, ba- you battle the board yeah. with your other partners you play against the game and it's hard yeah we lost by one disease yeah at one move truly we would have won had yeah. it played out yeah yeah because we ran out of cards to, uh, to draw from which apparently you lose which, which is... i think is dumb because usually you would just reshuffle yeah but then your um what were they called the uh the big event things um uh epidemics right epidemics yeah 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 um Usually you'd reshuffle the deck and then those four epidemics get put back in there. Yeah. And so you really want to hurry to yeah, win the game. to try and beat yeah. the game. Um, but we lost by one turn. Um, I mean, I recommend Iberia, the Iberia version because you get to build railroad tracks. Yeah, that was fun. And travel city to city almost instantaneously. Uh, and I've played... There's an app version of Pandemic on the phone and I downloaded that. I've had that for a while that I... Find myself undownloading it and re-downloading it and undownloading it. I, think I have it. Yeah. Do you? It's yeah. fun, but it takes up a lot of my time, and I get obsessed with things very easily. It was somewhere. Um, it's probably in the cloud. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, uh, so yeah, we did that. What else did we do? Was there anything else in the little puppy? Went to IKEA. Oh, we did go to IKEA. Um, play the IKEA game where you walk around the store, and if you if you walk back out to the parking lot and you haven't bought anything, you win the game. We lost the game. We lost that game as well. <laughs> Clearly, we're two for two. <laughs> two for two. Two for There's two. Zero for two. Losses. Oh for two. I don't know. We lost. Yeah. Um, but we bought a Devit. Yeah. A duvet. A duvet for anyone who doesn't speak wiener. Um, I speak wiener. Um. Yeah, and it's pretty nice. It's heavy. It's real heavy, which makes me sleepy, so it's that's good. heavy and hot. Yeah. Well, it was only hot as I'll get out that one night because the heat was cranked up. We'd yeah. been out of the apartment all day, and then the heat was cranked up because yeah. we were cold. And then... Yeah, that's the bad part about this apartment is there's no controlled heat. Steve, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Number one fan. Um, there's no controlled what heat. What if he's cause there's... <laughs> He might be. That would be crazy. What if he's in Cuba right now? We'll I see. love him. Um, but yeah, there's no controlled heat because there are radiators and then there are baseboards. And so if you're cold, you try and, you try and, uh, uh, start those up, but obviously they don't work instantly. And so you kind of have to wait for them to gear up and then, and, and then, then you fall asleep and, and then you fall asleep and you get warm and then it gets really hot and you don't turn them off and it gets excruciatingly hot. Yeah. And With so, the 42 pound yeah. duvet on you. And so then you turn them off and after a while it gets really cold again and so it's it's truly a winter's a fun time we also lost that game as well so i guess we're 0 for 3 the stay warm game oh the stay warm game yeah or the don't get overheated stay cool game i don't know yeah we lost uh the duvet is really nice though it is really nice i feel like it kind of gave like a facelift to the whole area it's like very bright in here yeah because uh the bed sheets used to be brown and then um I mean, I used to have a brown comforter and a brown blanket on here, and then obviously brown uh, pillowcases. Yeah. Um, but now everything's white. The duvet's white and gray, mostly white though. Yeah, and you got gray curtains a while back, so it's it's yeah. tying in pretty nicely. Poe really likes it. Yeah, and it's also nice because his fur doesn't show up. 
Yeah. Which is the dream. Yeah, it's the Devitt's really fluffy, so he just kind of he sneaks waves into around. it. It's yeah. kind of cute, actually. Yeah, he he snooks hard in this Devitt. He does. He's a sweet boy. He's about to go get into some tomfoolery. He's about to bite my jacket. Is what he's gonna do. Oh, foolery. Uh, and then we also played my personal favorite game at IKEA, which is the partner veto game, where you walk <laughs> around and I show Ethan a bunch of really great things, and then he vetoes them. I only vetoed like one or two of his things. He vetoed. Eight out of ten of my things. I'm sorry. Say. I don't think it was what would Aaron veto. <laughs> it was what would your partner veto. Oh, okay. Vice versa. There was this, I want, there was a really cool duvet set with like plants and little like succulents and cacti. And then they had little like figures next to them and the scientific names under them. Vetoed it instantly. Veto. And I think he just vetoed it on principle because I really did, yeah. Because he was being a rude head. Um, but in theory, now that we have the duvet, we could just go back and swap out covers. You know, that's true. Um, unless like, I veto all the covers, which is likely, very likely at this point. Unless they made those plants like scratch and sniff. I want to talk. Then about I that. might. I would consider. I it. just feel like they would add a lot of charm to this room. Okay. I love them. Too much charm. Um, yeah. Um, that was our pup date. Yeah, that was our pup date. Our, I guess, one week pup date. Two week, one week. We played Dungeons and Dragons the other week. Did we talk about that in the last I don't know podcast? if we did or not. We did it. Um, we got to the end of our, like, three-part campaign with our DM. Yeah. I got out of the goblin prison Thank camp. God, because... I think so. Well. Yeah. Didn't know what we would do, but we yeah. did it. Our DM is dope, and she literally always comes up with the coolest stuff. She's very creative. Yeah. Yeah, very, and I mean, very story-driven campaign. That last one was, but I loved it, because I feel it all kind of came to this head where she would be like, okay, you can open your, your, like, your memory bank, and it was this envelope, and then it was insane information that mm. she had known the whole time. Apparently, she had written mm. this campaign. Like, a long time ago. Yeah, like, something. before she had even written the first two. Yeah. So she knew how it was going to end, which I guess, in hindsight, is really smart. Um, so all of this information just kind of stitched itself together. Mm. Um, yeah, and she filled the campaign with, like, puzzles and riddles. Oh, my gosh, it was so cool. Um, next episode, I could get my family daggers back. Thank Maybe. God. Yeah. We'll see. Um, there's a lot to look forward to, so I'm very excited for her to come home from vacation and plant another Dungeons and Dragons. That, um, God, that was a little bit easier. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, even though you might not be. Enjoy Orlando. Keep me in. Um, yeah. Do you want to get into the, the thick of the podcast? Yeah. Um, so the main theme for this episode is, uh, what was the title? It's how we talk about love. How we talk about love. Uh, well, it's from a video. It's a TED Talk. Yeah, a TED Talk from, her name's Mandy Lynn Catron. 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 I like Catron. I do too. Um, but I think, because I watched this a few days ago, and I was thinking, yeah, this would be a good podcast topic to kind of get in how we talk about love, and then, I guess, just the general ideas of how people talk about love. Yeah. Um, and so... I guess to provide a brief summary of what um, uh, what Mandy is saying is that she she focuses on metaphors in love and how most metaphors or most of the metaphors that we use are um, 
kind of chaotic and violent in terms of love. So like you're you're falling in love with a person or you're crazy in you're love. You're crazy in love or you have a crush or you're love smitten. Makes, yeah, love makes you mad, like the madness that yeah. is love. Um and so she was she was discussing discussing that and then getting into how that affects your um I guess your behavior and then also how you feel about love. Yeah. Um and she made a really interesting point about the language that we use matters, which I think is an obvious statement, but it's so obvious that I think it often gets overlooked. So to really, truly think about the words that you're using and the impacts that they have um, is interesting. And I think especially in this context means a lot. Um, So I think the other question that she poses to us is like, why does the language surrounding love turn out to be so daunting and so violent Mm -hmm. and kind of what what does that set us up for in our relationships? Um, She tells this really interesting anecdote about how her first love um, was when she was 20 years old and she kind of was in love with the idea of the tragedy and how she was so caught up kind of under the pretense that in order for it to be a true real love, it had to be dramatic and it had Mm -hmm. to be hard and it had to be just difficult it had to be something in order to be real and i actually find it's quite the opposite with us like it is not hard or tragic or mm-hmm. not that's not hard i don't mean to say that but it's not tragic definitely not tragic yeah and for she, sure yeah, for sure um because i think the example <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so Aaron sent me a screenshot. So she she took a screenshot of part of the presentation um, that we'll get into later. But part of the screenshot is the presenter. She's standing right next to the um, to the PowerPoint, I guess. Uh, but I, I I don't know. I focused in on the person's face, and now it's just kind of sitting on the bed. This person's face. It's just comical. Mandy's I'm so sorry. But yeah, like chaotic love, tragic love. Um, she she uses the example of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Um, as kind of one of the ultimate tragic loves that we we learn about growing up. Um, but yeah, and then to get into her story about her first love, it was um, it was oh, what did I say here? Um, she because since she she grew up with these metaphors and thinking that you had to be frustrated to have like a true love. Yeah. That everything hinged on her being mad and frustrated with with her relationship and that it only mattered if she was frustrated as if the quality of your relationship kind of like hinged on is hinged or depends on how much you suffer and go through it Mm -hmm. and that's how you know kind of the weight and the severity of it yeah if you are supremely annoyed then you're doing something right yeah is what she thought yeah i mean when you think about it even in something i think romeo and juliet is an obvious but dramatic extreme i mean even in you know disney movies and princess movies you know they have to go undergo some crazy life-altering change in order to be you know noticed by like the prince or you know ariel has to grow legs or cinderella has to not be a servant or you know whatever it's got to be this crazy life-altering experience Mm -hmm. in order to truly experience Mm -hmm. love when i don't think that 
that necessarily needs to happen. Yeah, and uh, one thing, one thing, one major thing I took from this was um, how we frame love. Mm. So, and there's. In those examples of metaphors that we have, like falling in love and and uh, being smitten, but um, I also thought she uh, she gave um, Beyonce's song. Got me looking so yeah, crazy yeah. right now. Your love's <laughs> got me looking so crazy right she, now. She uh, she used that as an example, but then I also came up with uh, Bruno Mars. I would catch a grenade for you. And Which I also think I've sung on this podcast. Probably. Actually, so, yeah, I maybe. for sure have. Def- we can go back. Refer. In the, in the archive. The I library. don't know. Episode two, perhaps? <clears throat> I don't remember. Um, but she uh, she discusses these things in that love is a battle or it's all about winning or losing affection or, for someone. Yeah, and how many songs, you know, love is a battlefield. Exactly. We are young, heartache, too heartache, we stand. Like, yeah, and that love love is a battle yeah and that like and what i took from that was that it's almost like a me versus you mentality or like a me versus the world mentality yeah instead of what she gets into later which is actually like true partner like you're together building something yeah and on that same vein of reframing love she also says that it's under your control so you have the ability to shape it how you want it which is so true and if something isn't working ask for it Mm -hmm. and there's no i don't know if this is deviating but like it's our podcast so whatever um but there's no way that someone can read your mind and so often i think people can find themselves in a predicament in a pickle because a pickle in a pickle i'm so mad because my partner you know doesn't do this or my partner won't you know love me the way that i want to be loved have you asked for them to love you the way that you want to be loved? Or have you told your partner specifically what it is? Well, well, no, but, you know, I didn't do... I gave him this nonverbal cue. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not... Kind of indirectly... Clear. Yeah. Yeah. Because she gets into um, how there... I mean, there's, there's a big element of trust yeah. in building your relationships and building your, your love. Yeah. Because... I mean, you really have to have trust in your partner to ask something like that to say, yeah. am I doing something wrong? Or like, what's or wrong? What's or happening? like, how can we progress And further? I mean, we literally had this conversation. Like, you and I had one of these conversations an hour and a half ago. Did we? I'm going to fight <laughs> you right We're going to tussle. On this podcast. Um, but yeah, and so there's a, there's a certain sense <clears throat> of vulnerability and insane amounts of trust that go into being open and honest with your partner in a way that like might make you look silly and that's okay Mm -hmm. because like a true partnership will build you up and not let you kind of hang in that insecurity for too long before you kind of get the cojones to speak up about it you you trust each other to be vulnerable with each other and like to you, you trust each other enough to, to come to one another and I guess if uh, if a problem arises yeah. to Hello, like, tackle it together. you were together. like, are you going to be able to do the podcast? And I was like, I'm not going to cry. I'm getting emotional right now. Are those now. tears? No. Um, <laughs> can you uh, take yeah, the yeah, yeah. mouse pad? Can we get to the best part of the whole entire talk? Which was that like penultimate statement, which I um, bolded. And well, I, I wanted to just briefly... Um, the one interesting thing that I got from this out of the mini 
um, and that really stood out to me was uh, her I or her talking about consent in love. Yeah, and that falling. So these these metaphors, falling in love and having a crush and stuff. They they seem like. <clears throat> they seem like you're not giving consent to be in it love. seems to remove the consent from the yeah. situation and so instead of instead of building the relationship building the love and consenting to that like you you're you're empowering yourself to do that she is she is now empowered by building her relationship with yeah. the love that she has now she kind of shifts <clears throat> the frame and the paradigm of like you can't help it it's just gonna happen mm-hmm. to you and you know, you just fell in love. Yeah. It's not your fault. Welcome. Yeah, and and when in fact it should be this really empowering feeling and a great feeling um, between two people. Um, and I guess I do have a point that I forgot that I had, which is like the stages of love, because she talks about how the first couple months, whatever it might be, mm-hmm can truly feel like madness and there's neurological studies mm-hmm. with like the neuro neurochemicals yeah. that um it's very close to like OCD. obsessive compulsive mm-hmm. and and you you truly feel like you are losing all control yeah, of, you're like obsessing over your partner of your, yeah which i think is true to an extent mm-hmm. i mean you're just like there's a new person and I, they're so cool and they're yeah. spending time with me and mm-hmm. i'm spending and I it's want cool. to impress them and not lose them yeah and you just kind of get to the point of being super into your partner and then at a certain point that levels off um and it it's just really cool to i think i literally said this phrase two moments ago but to shift that paradigm into a more empowering thing than like well wah, wah, like mm-hmm. fools fall in love I guess like we're here guess we're doing it yeah um it's something that you actually work for i thought that was and... really special and i thought that was cool mm-hmm. yeah I thought that sounded sarcastic. It was really special. That was really cool. No, way but I thought <laughs> we didn't go, girl. But I thought that was really, really neat. Um, and true. And I feel both empowered and enlightened. Go ahead. Can you get to the good part? Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah. What is the? What is the? It's not the climax. Like, what is the middle best part? How do? What's a good word for that? Isn't the climax? climax. Okay. I thought it was climax. I will peak. say that the peak, the ep- epitome. I don't know. Epitome. The epitome of this entire. Um, talk and Does what have to do with the screenshot? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. What I really took from this, um, she says all of her piece in the beginning about how it's this, this other, you know, kind of bloody battley thing, and it, she <clears throat> comes up with a theory. I'm sorry, I just need to sip something because my throat is coming off. Please. <laughs> this is my Death Star mug with my peppermint mocha. Fine. <laughs> Thank you. It's cold. You're cold. So is the Death Star. Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, but she gets to this whole point of shifting um, the weight of it being this cold, bloody thing to a beautiful thing. And she says the phrase, love is a collaborative work of art. And I think that that's um, da, 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 like a theory that like two dudes came up with. Can't remember their names, but she says it in the podcast or not the podcast, in the TED Talk. Is it the book? that she mentions does that have to deal with him it might be um yeah. we can we link this in our podcast description yeah, yeah we're gonna link the ted talk yeah. in the podcast uh, yeah description. i forget what the book is um yeah but it uh actually the book might be uh, about um the studies with ocd and love yeah um and how similar but there were two dudes yeah. that came kind of coined this phrase yeah, the yeah. love is a collaborative work of art um and the other thing that she kind of expands upon, expands upon, whatever the word is, 
is that it's not necessarily true of just romantic relationships, but, you know, friendships, Mm -hmm. work, comrades, camaraderie. Camaraderie. Um, And then this is kind of pulled directly. (laughs) Camaraderie. Camaraderie. No, you're fine. This is pulled directly from her slideshow. Um, It says, if love is a collaborative work of art, then love is an aesthetic an aesthetic experience love is unpredictable love is creative it requires communication and discipline it's frustrating and emotionally demanding it involves both joy and pain each experience of love is different wow dope so cool Mm -hmm. um and i think that's just a really beautiful way to think of something um and to kind of reshape this thing that maybe made us feel so helpless and like under its spell mm-hmm. to now say no. Yeah. I don't know. I've been talking for a lot. So I'm letting you respond. Yeah. Cause everything in that, in that quote or that, that expression goes along with what she's been presenting this whole time is that you, you build your relationships, you build your love and yeah. that, um, that you, you blossom your own love and that it doesn't, it doesn't just happen, you know, um, like, a, and it doesn't just continue to happen. Yeah. Like a garden won't flourish unless it's watered. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was beautiful. That was really beautiful. Thank you so much. 10 points to Griffin. <laughs> Thank you. But <laughs> truly, truly duly. Um, yeah. And that it's, it's a collaborative effort between you and your partner yeah. partners or your friendships. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause if you go along with that metaphor, if one person's going out to the garden every day and watering it, they're gonna, you know, their arms mm-hmm. are going to get tired and they're going to get sunburned. And yeah. wow, God, this is a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> um, and the other person. Gosh, gosh, big gosh. Gosh, gosh, big gosh. What um, a hoot. What a hoot. Um, but yeah, the other person isn't going to be experiencing the same effects of the withering mm-hmm. that, you know, it can take to cultivate. Yeah. Your relationship garden. I'm sorry. And your relationship garden. <laughs> um. And then the the one line, love is unpredictable. Yeah. Heck that's, yeah. That's one that I guess not hits the most, but like really hits because you, I mean, you obviously don't see things coming, but you, you plan ahead for the trials and tribulations of your yeah. relationship. Yeah. Um, and I mean, putting trust in your partner, I mean, is just instrument, is, is crucial to mm-hmm. those trials and tribulations. And I mean... You don't know what's around the corner, and it can be a lot less daunting with Mm -hmm. another person to stumble back into, I guess. Yeah, because the thing with love is, um, and I guess I haven't experienced this situation, but it's if you're you're with someone, if you're with your partner constantly or most of the time, there are going to be down times where... Mm -hmm. Um, you're just maybe annoyed with that person. I think we, we've discussed this on other episodes. Um, but it's, those are the areas where it's unpredictable and yeah. that you kind of have to, you have to have trust in your partner to, to get through those times. Cause when you, when you place trust in your partner, then you can be vulnerable to each other and you can find out, uh, what the underlying problems are. Yeah. And I mean, ugh, yeah, I just, yeah, just to echo that. Yes. Yeah. And then. Another thing I got, and I got a lot of things out of this. Yeah, this is a beautiful, um, truly, we're going to link it. Please watch it. It's it like seven all, to 15 seven, minutes. Yeah, I don't even remember. It was, it was definitely it was not 20, long. I watched 20. it on a 15-minute break at work. Yeah. And so if that tells you anything, it was less than 15 yeah. minutes. Um, But when she was discussing her metaphors, the um, 
I I guess I, I tried them out. And so I would say, uh, what are the ones she's... So I would say falling in love. And so, like, to me, personally, that doesn't really conjure any negative feelings yeah. um, with that one. But, like, smitten or having a crush or yeah. crashing for someone, those kind of do. The, yeah. Like, they have... I guess chaotic feelings when I when I think about them um but then she suggested that maybe we use more positive metaphors and more creative metaphors for love and the main example she used was stepping into love mm-hmm. and when I would say stepping into love and think about that it was just way more refreshing yeah than like falling yeah or being smitten yeah and I think one of the most exciting and best parts about having a partner is the overwhelming sense of calm that you have around them because like as much fun as you know the butterflies and all of whatever was in the beginning and like the you know wanting to like spooch you 100% of the time like there's something even better than like the overwhelming sense of calm that I get in this relationship because as like a pretty chaotic person um (laughs) myself uh, me at me, um, chaotic. It's nice to have a refuge from all of the everything, um, in another person that you've kind of built with another mm-hmm. person. So you know, not giving you credit for the calm, but giving us credit for the sense or the whatever mm-hmm. it is that we've built. So up top, the relationship that. garden that we've built, the relationship garden that we've cultivated. <laughs> God, that was great. That was that was Thank you so pure much. gold. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So I feel like I talked about all of my points. You had a whole novel. I did not. I had like several bullet points that I felt were good. Um, did I miss anything? I don't think so. Do, 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 do. When we discussed what we we're going to talk about on the podcast, you said the video and then just general bopping around. Um, so this Dream might bopping around. This might be the bopping. Yeah, portion. this is the bopping around. Um, yeah, I, um, I got to all my points. I also did, but I don't yeah. know what you want to bop about. We're not bopping anymore. We can bop around. Oh my God. I don't know what we talk about. That's what around. That's what I'm um, but anyway, so yeah, how do you, you talk about love, listeners, friends, um, or how do you think about love in your relationships? Do you try and cultivate a relationship garden? Um, tell oh my us God, about please make this trending on Twitter or something. I don't even relationship garden. I don't even know how Twitter works, but like make it happen. Make it happen. Make it Also yeah. make that a trend. Make so if you're inclined, watch the video. Uh, I think we both definitely recommend it. Yeah. Um, yeah, let us know what you think. You can head on over to Facebook and search Know You Podcast. We're over there. Um, I upload the episodes there, and also I'm getting them on YouTube, which is pretty fancy, except not really. Um, or you can also email You one that's the number one, knowyou1podcast at gmail.com with all your thoughts. Um, questions concerns yeah if you um if you have questions and you like want our mediocre advice on it um <laughs> we <laughs> what was that i don't know <laughs> it's just like a comedic <laughs> sentence <laughs> <laughs> we will get into the realms of mediocrity we can also get into um our no. reviews <laughs> no our reviews of what our reviews of ikea's duvets um and furniture <laughs> i have a lot of opinions so like if you truly just want to know what i think about things um some good some bad just let me know see we bought the duvet i love the duvet i love the duvet but it came with an instruction manual <laughs> and it came with 10 million threads 
we had to construct it of it ourselves in <laughs> Swedish fashion. Didn't the instruction manual say something stupid? Probably. You, well, you read it out loud, and I was like, it doesn't say that. And then you were like... Oh, the mites. Oh, yeah. It was like, mites grow in like, warm, dark places. And I was like, so a bed? Uh, so don't like, turn off the lights? What? Don't sleep. And I was like, it does not say that. And it was like, warm, it dark places? That. Yeah, it sure does. It sure does say that. Gross. So wash your bed sheets, kids. It's really important. And your pillows. If you're getting acne on your face, it might be because of your pillow. Because of the mites. Well, not the mites, but... The mites are digging into your skin, and then they turn into acne. Yeah. Science. Truly. I can answer all of your uh, skincare questions that I'm not qualified to What's do. What's a random skincare question then? So, uh, I have acne on my elbow. Okay. What do we do? Well, you want to use something nice and antibacterial and astringent? To kind of help. So I know what astringent means, but um, Poe doesn't. So if you want to define astringent, do you not know what astringent means? No. Astringent is like um, like well, like it, rough. It's very no. It's like toning. It's tightening. Um, tightening. astringent can. Oh oh, it's so like like stringent. So like um, strict. Yeah oh, yeah okay. yeah yeah. So stay. If you use like a kind of alcohol on your like face it'll be nice and astringent and toning on your pores meaning it'll like help to shrink them temporarily which is like not a real thing you can't shrink your pores but um challenge accepted accepted. uh what else do i have a lot of strong opinions on Uh, i mean how much time do you have (laughs) culver's love culver's at Culver's, if you want to sponsor us. <laughs> Two episodes in a row where we mentioned Culver's. Where we mentioned Culver's. And it's not even a paid advert. I just really love Culver's. <laughs> um, and I'm not near one. So bring one to Baltimore, friends. Um, I really liked the new Star Wars. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion. Liked it a lot. There was romance in the new Star Wars. There was romance in the new Star yeah. Wars. It was a little interesting, though, because I think they were alluding to, like, Rose being into Finn. And everyone knows that. I guess, I don't know if she was starstruck or if she was... Oh, she was definitely starstruck. I guess so, but the whole time, Daisy, well, not Daisy, what's her name in the... Ray, Ray. Um, was was always like, if you see Finn before me, let him know I'm here and I'm going to be back. She's the main biddy. Yeah, and she's like, the main biddy. Um, and obviously they belong together. It's obviously. Obviously. Um, real talk. Do we yeah. think that Kylo? Oh, spoilers ahead. Do we think that Kylo and Ray are related? That's the other thing that kind of infuriates me. Because I mean, in the movie, Kylo was saying that you're a nobody. Like your parents. Yeah, were but that could junkies. be him being a huge. Well, that's team. what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like he could be lying. He could be lying, but part of me doesn't want them to be related because I don't want it to just be like a direct parallel mm-hmm. between four and six, like mm-hmm. four through six, and then the new ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it it's possible that, I mean, her parents weren't, like, any people important. They were, like, drunkards who abandoned her on this planet. And, Maybe. I mean, and that could be it. Um, but, yeah, I was, because I was listening to some uh, podcasts that reviewed the movie. And uh, this this one gentleman, he brought up an excellent point where um, Ray's not a nobody. Like, I mean, she's strong in the force for yeah, some reason for like some she, reason. yeah like she has she has these abilities i mean the force has come to her like she's somebody. she is one with the force yeah. and the force is with her yeah. so um Guess but the fine. uh the rose and finn dynamic like she because definitely at the be- beginning she's starstruck because she i mean she's literally like looking up at him saying oh my gosh you're you're finn, finn, the hero yeah. the the rebel hero uh, or resistance hero um but then i mean she 
definitely falls in love with the dude. The yeah. Duder, the um, after all they've been through. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if, um, I mean, from a relationship standpoint, if, if Finn shifts one way or the other, or I guess what, what, what relationship develops in the next movie. Yeah. You know, my little Leia rebel pin that I have on my jean jacket, this woman came up to me that I was wearing it at work, well, not the jacket, but I was on my way into work and this woman came up to me and she was like, what's your pin say? And I was like, oh, it says rebel, but it's like the rebel alliance from Star Wars. And she was like, "Ooh, girl, I thought you were a rebel. And I was like, I mean, I. I am. I rebel, I guess. I guess. Um, and she was like, you have a...